After reciting the Tashahud, Ta'awud, and Surah Al-Fatiha, Hazrat Khalifatul Masih the Fifth, may Allah be his helper, stated, The achievements during the era of Hazrat Abu Bakr Siddiq, may Allah be pleased with him, were being mentioned. In this regard, there are some details in relation to the rights of the Dhimmis, meaning the non-Muslim subjects. Dhimmis were those people who had accepted the Islamic rule, but carried on following their own religions, and the Islamic government took responsibility of their protection. Contrary to Muslim subjects, these people were exempt from military duties and they were not obliged to pay the zakat, that is the alms, either. As such, a minimal amount of tax, generally known as jizya, was taken from them for the protection of their lives, wealth and other human rights. This amounted to a mere four dirham annually per capita and it was only taken from mature and healthy individuals and those who were able to work. The elderly, disabled, the poor and children were exempt from this. As a matter of fact, the disabled and those in need were supported through the Islamic treasury. During the conquests of Iraq and Syria, various tribes and settlements had become subjects of the Islamic government on the basis of jizya. In the treaties that were made with them, such clauses were included as well that their monasteries and churches would not be demolished and that none of their fortresses would be destroyed in which, at the time of need, they could seek protection from the attack of an enemy. They would neither be prevented from blowing a conch nor from taking out the cross on their festivals. That is, they would be allowed to carry out processions holding the cross. In the peace agreement which Hazrat Khalid bin Walid, may Allah be pleased with him, made with the people of Hira during the caliphate of Hazrat Abu Bakr, may Allah be pleased with him, among its various conditions, it was also stipulated that such an elderly man who was no longer able to work or was afflicted with an illness or one who was previously affluent but had now become so impoverished that people of his own religion had started giving him charity, such a person would no longer be obliged to pay the jizya. Furthermore, 
For as long as he remained in Darul Hijrah, that is the abode of migration, and Darul Salam, that is the abode of Islam, i.e. where the Islamic government was established, his expenditures as well as those of his family would be supported through the Islamic treasury. However, if such individuals leave the Darul Hijrah and Darul Salam and go to other countries, the Muslims would not be responsible for their care and protection. According to one narration, the following was written in the agreement which Hazrat Khalid may Allah be pleased with him made with the people of Hira, in that the needy, the disabled, and the monks who had dedicated their lives were exempt from paying the jizya. Then there was the great task of the compilation of the Holy Qur'an, which was carried out during the era of Hazrat Abu Bakr Siddiq, may Allah be pleased with him. The compilation of the Holy Qur'an is a peerless and magnificent achievement during the era of Hazrat Abu Bakr Siddiq, may Allah be pleased with him. The context to this task is related to the battle that was fought against Musaylim al-Kadhab during the Battle of Yamama. During the Battle of Yamama, 1,200 Muslims were martyred, the vast majority comprising of highly esteemed companions and Hufad, that is, memorizers of the Holy Quran. According to one narration, the number of martyred Hufad reached 700. Hence, during these circumstances, Allah the Almighty inspired Hazrat Umar, may Allah be pleased with him, to collect the Holy Quran in one place. He mentioned this to Hazrat Abu Bakr, may Allah be pleased with him. The details of this have been recorded in Sahih Bukhari in the following manner. Ubaid bin Sabak relates that Hazrat Zayd bin Thabit, may Allah be pleased with him, said, Following the battle against the people of Yamama, Hazrat Abu Bakr, may Allah be pleased with him, called for me, and I saw that Hazrat Umar, may Allah be pleased with him, was sat beside him as well. Hazrat Abu Bakr, may Allah be pleased with him, said, Umar came to me, and said that many Huffad have been martyred during the Battle of Yamama. I fear that many Qari or Huffad will be martyred at different places. Owing to this, I am worried lest a large portion of the Qur'an is lost. For this reason, Hazrat Umar may Allah be pleased with him said that in his view, Hazrat Abu Bakr may Allah be pleased with him ought to collate the Holy Qur'an. Hazrat Abu Bakr, may Allah be pleased with him, said to Hazrat Zayd, may Allah be pleased with him, I said to Umar that how can I carry out a task that the Holy Prophet, peace and blessings of Allah be upon him, did not perform? But Umar replied saying, by God, there is blessing in this. Umar reiterated this to me so many times that eventually Allah the Almighty bestowed contentment in my heart for this task and I too agreed with Umar's idea. Hazrat Zayd, may Allah be pleased with him, says that Hazrat Abu Bakr, may Allah be pleased with him, said, O Zayd, Indeed, you are an intelligent young man, and we deem you to be free from any blame or blemish. You used to write down the revelations given to the Holy Prophet, peace and blessings of Allah be upon him. Thus, you ought to now find the parchments of the Holy Quran and collate them. Hazrat Zayd, may Allah be pleased with him, further says, By Allah, had he given me the responsibility of moving a mountain from one place to another, then this task would not have been as burdensome for me as was collecting the Holy Quran. This was a monumental task that was assigned to me. I submitted, how can you do something that the Holy Prophet, peace and blessings of Allah be upon him, did not do? Hazrat Abu Bakr, may Allah be pleased with him, replied, By God, this task is nothing but blessed. 
Hazrat Abu Bakr, may Allah be pleased with him, reiterated this so much that Allah the Almighty bestowed contentment in my heart for this task. Just as he had bestowed to Hazrat Abu Bakr, may Allah be pleased with him, and Hazrat Umar, may Allah be pleased with him. Thus, I began searching for the parchments of the Holy Quran and started collecting them from stalks of date palm trees, white stones, and from those who had memorized them, until I found the last verses of Surah Tawbah from Abu Khuzaymah Ansari, which were not found with anyone beside him. The verse was, لَقَدْ جَاءَكُمْ رَسُولٌ مِّنْ أَنفُسِكُمْ عَزِيزٌ عَلَيْهِ مَا عَلِدْتُمْ It was from this verse up to the end of Surah Tawbah. This written manuscript of the Holy Qur'an remained with Hazrat Abu Bakr, may Allah be pleased with him, until he passed away. And after him, it remained with Hazrat Umar, may Allah be pleased with him. And after him, it passed on to Hazrat Hafsa, may Allah be pleased with her, the daughter of Hazrat Umar, may Allah be pleased with him. With regards to the hadith on the collation of the Holy Qur'an, Imam Baghawi has written a footnote in his book, Sharh al-Sunnah. The Holy Qur'an, which was revealed to the Holy Prophet, peace and blessings of Allah be upon him, was collated in its entirety by the companions in the exact form as it was revealed and without any discrepancies. The reason why the companions collated the Qur'an, as mentioned in the hadith, is that initially the Qur'an was dispersed across various stalks of date palm trees, on stones, slates, and memorized by various huffad. Owing to the martyrdom of some huffad, the noble companions were worried lest some of the Qur'an becomes lost. For this reason, they went to Hazrat Abu Bakr, may Allah be pleased with him, and submitted a request to compile the Holy Qur'an in one place. This task was completed with the unanimous agreement of all the companions. Therefore, without even the slightest error in placement, they arranged the Qur'an in the order they had heard it from the Holy Prophet, peace and blessings of Allah be upon him. The Holy Prophet, peace and blessings of Allah be upon him, would recite the Qur'an to the companions. And he would recite the Qur'an to them in the exact same order that is present in the manuscript before us today. The Holy Prophet, peace and blessings of Allah be upon him, was taught this order by Angel Gabriel, peace be upon him. At the time of each revelation, Gabriel, may peace be upon him, would inform the Holy Prophet, peace and blessings of Allah be upon him, to put the revealed verses in such and such chapter after such and such verse. The collation of the Qur'an was carried out in the time of Hazrat Abu Bakr, may Allah be pleased with him. In this regard, Hazrat Ali, may Allah be pleased with him, says, May Allah the Almighty shower his mercy upon Abu Bakr, for he was the first one to safeguard the entire Qur'an in the form of a manuscript. While mentioning the compilation of the Holy Qur'an, Hazrat Muslim Maud, may Allah be pleased with him, states, The only thing that had not happened up until that point was that the Holy Qur'an had not been compiled into a single copy. When 500 of those who had memorized the Holy Qur'an were martyred in that battle of Yumama, Hazrat Umar, may Allah be pleased with him, went to Hazrat Abu Bakr, may Allah be pleased with him, and said, 500 of those who had memorized the Holy Qur'an were martyred in a single battle. And there are many battles ahead of us. If more of those who have memorized the Qur'an are martyred, then people will fall into doubt regarding the Holy Qur'an. Hence, the Qur'an should be compiled into a single copy. Initially, Hazrat Abu Bakr, may Allah be pleased with him, rejected this idea, but eventually he agreed. Hazrat Abu Bakr, may Allah be pleased with him, appointed Zayd bin Thabit, may Allah be pleased with him for this task. 
as he had been a scribe of the Holy Quran during the lifetime of the Holy Prophet, peace and blessings of Allah be upon him. And other senior companions were also appointed to help him. Although there were thousands of companions who had committed the Holy Quran to memory, it would be impossible to gather thousands of companions at the time of copying down the Holy Quran. Hence, Hazrat Abu Bakr may Allah be pleased with him instructed that the Holy Quran should be copied from written copies. He also instructed that the precaution of having at least two people who had memorized the Holy Quran to verify it. Hence, the various pieces of leather and bones upon which verses of the Holy Quran had been written were gathered in one place and those who had memorized the Quran verified them. If there could be any doubt about the Holy Quran, then it could only be regarding the time between the Holy Prophet's demise and that period. However, there is no knowledgeable person who can say that there could be any difficulty in compiling a book that was recited every day and the book which is recited aloud by those who have memorized the Holy Quran for Muslims during every Ramadan and the book which had been memorized from beginning to end by thousands of people and although this book had not been gathered into a single copy, scores of companions used to write it down and it was written out in its entirety in different fragments. Furthermore, could an individual who himself had been appointed as a scribe of the Holy Quran during the time of the Holy Prophet, peace and blessings of Allah be upon him, and had committed it to memory, find any difficulty in compiling it? Seeing as the Quran was recited every day, would it be possible for there to be any mistake in that copy without it being recognized by any person who had committed it to memory? If such veracity is doubted, then no argument in the world can stand. The truth is that there is no other writing which has been established with the same continuity as the Holy Quran. Hazza Muslim may Allah be pleased with him is expanding upon the argument that that Holy Quran is in its original form without any change whatsoever. In response to the allegation that it has been altered, etc., this response also applies to similar allegations which are raised even today. Whilst responding to another allegation, Hazrat Muslim may Allah be pleased with him states, Another allegation raised is that the entire Quran was not written in its entirety during the time of the Holy Prophet, peace and blessings of Allah be upon him. The response is that this is not correct. The entire Quran was certainly written out during the lifetime of the Holy Prophet, peace and blessings of Allah be upon him. Those who say that it was not written are wrong. It was written out. As has been narrated by Hazrat Uthman, may Allah be pleased with him, that whenever a portion of the Holy Quran was revealed, the Holy Prophet, peace and blessings of Allah be upon him, would summon the scribes and would instruct where that verse should be added. When there is historical evidence present, then to say that the Holy Quran was not written in its entirety during the lifetime of the Holy Prophet, peace and blessings of Allah be upon him, would be foolish. Then there remains the question of why it was written out during the era of Hazrat Abu Bakr, may Allah be pleased with him. The answer is that during the lifetime of the Holy Prophet, peace and blessings of Allah be upon him, the Holy Quran was not written out in a single copy as it is today. The thought occurred to Hazrat Umar, may Allah be pleased with him, that people should not think that the Holy Quran is not preserved. Hence, he said the following to Hazrat Abu Bakr, may Allah be pleased with him. Inni ara an Quran. I deem it most suitable for you to give the command for the Holy Quran to be compiled into the form of a single book. He did not suggest that it should be inscribed. 
Then Hazrat Abu Bakr may Allah be pleased with him, summoned Zayd may Allah be pleased with him, and instructed him to compile the Quran. Hence he said, Ijma'hu, gather it in one place. He did not instruct him to write it. Therefore these words alone prove that the matter at hand was compiling the various fragments on which the Holy Quran was written into a single copy, not of writing it down. The Holy Quran was compiled into a single copy during the Khilafat of Hazrat Abu Bakr, may Allah be pleased with him. And then further progress was made during the Khilafat of Hazrat Uthman, may Allah be pleased with him. When all Arabs, in fact all Muslims, were all brought together to a single dialect. Hence, this work of the propagation of the Holy Quran was done during the era of Hazrat Uthman, may Allah be pleased with him. Hazrat Muslim, may Allah be pleased with him, states, After Hazrat Abu Bakr, may Allah be pleased with him, a complaint was made during the time of Hazrat Uthman, may Allah be pleased with him, that people from various tribes recited the Holy Quran in different dialects, which had a negative impact upon the non-Muslims, as they thought that they were various versions of the Holy Quran. Dialect refers to the fact that some tribes would read certain letters with the Zabr diacritical mark above, whereas others would recite it with the let same letter with a Zir, that is a diacritical mark underneath, and then those who would recite it with a Bish, a diacritical mark indicating a rounded sound. This is something which cannot be found in any other language aside from Arabic. Hence, when those who are not familiar with Arabic hear this, they will think that one is saying something while the other is saying something different, whereas what they are saying is the same. Hence, in order to avoid this disorder, Hazrat Uthman, may Allah be pleased with him, recommended that copies should be made of the manuscript of the Holy Quran, which was compiled during the era of Hazrat Abu Bakr, may Allah be pleased with him, and should be sent to different countries with the instruction that the Quran should be recited only according to this dialect and none other. This suggestion made by Hazrat Uthman, may Allah be pleased with him, was not at all unbecoming. During the lifetime of the Holy Prophet, peace and blessings of Allah be upon him, people lived according to their tribes, each living separate from the other, and so they were accustomed to their own way of speaking. They each speak in their own unique accents. However, upon joining the Holy Prophet, peace and blessings of Allah be upon him, all the Arabs became civilized, and rather than becoming considered a language of the illiterate, Arabic became a language of the educated. Many Arabs learned how to read and write, which made it easy for even the tribespeople to pronounce words as they were in an educated fashion, which was in essence the language of the land. Hence, seeing as everyone was acquainted with the intellectual form of the language, there was no reason for them to be granted permission to continue reciting the Holy Quran in their tribal accents and thus becoming a trial for non-Arabs. For this reason, that Hazrat Uthman, may Allah be pleased with him, made copies of the Holy Quran with diacritic marks according to the Makkan dialect, which he distributed to different nations. Regarding the future, he instructed that the Holy Quran should not be recited in any dialect other than the Makkan dialect. On account of not understanding this point, European writers along with writers from other nations have always raised the allegation that Hazrat Uthman, may Allah be pleased with him, created a new Quran or that Hazrat Uthman, may Allah be pleased with him, changed something in the Holy Quran. However, the reality of the matter is what has just been stated. The Promised Messiah, peace be upon him, states, There is no doubt that the Quran is an oft-recited revelation and its entirety, down to every dot and letter, has indeed remained constant. And it was with the greatest of provisions 
that Allah the Almighty revealed it in the care of angels. Then the Holy Prophet, peace and blessings of Allah be upon him, left no stone unturned in ensuring the same provisions and he made it his constant practice to ensure that each verse was written before his very eyes as it was revealed. To the extent that he then gathered them and placed each verse in order himself and also made it a constant practice to recite them in prayer and aside from prayer as well. He did this until he passed on from this world and went to meet his greatest friend, his most beloved Lord of all the worlds. Then the promised Messiah, peace be upon him, states, Thereafter, the first Khalifa, Hazrat Abu Bakr, may Allah be pleased with him, undertook the task of gathering all the verses in the same order which he had heard from the Holy Prophet, peace and blessings of Allah be upon him. Then, after Hazrat Abu Bakr Siddiq, may Allah be pleased with him, Allah the Almighty enabled the third Khalifa, Hazrat Uthman, may Allah be pleased with him, the ability to unify the Qur'an according to the Qureshi reading and to spread it across the world. As for the question of how long the Siddiqui copy, the actual copy compiled by Hazrat Abu Bakr remain preserved, it is recorded that the copy of the Holy Qur'an which Hazrat Abu Bakr had formed into a single copy through Hazrat Zaid bin Thabit is called the Siddiqui copy. This copy remained with Hazrat Abu Bakr Siddiq until his demise. Thereafter, it was in the possession of Hazrat Umar who gave it to the mother of believers Hazrat Hafsa with the guidance that it should not be given to anyone except if a person wished to use it to make a copy of their own. Then they could benefit from it. Hence, Hazrat Uthman, may Allah be pleased with him, borrowed the copy from Hazrat Hafsa, may Allah be pleased with her, and made a few copies and returned the original back to Hazrat Hafsa, may Allah be pleased with her. In 54 AH, when Marwan became the governor of Medina, he sought to obtain this copy from Hazrat Hafsa, may Allah be pleased with her, but she refused. After the demise of Hazrat Hafsa, may Allah be pleased with her, Marwan took it from Hazrat Abdullah bin Umar, may Allah be pleased with him, and destroyed it. However, Hazrat Uthman, may Allah be pleased with him, had already preserved it by making copies. Those tasks which Hazrat Abu Bakr Siddiq, may Allah be pleased with him, was the first to carry out and are attributed to him are known as Awwaliyat Abu Bakr. There are various tasks which he was the first to carry out. Hazrat Abu Bakr Siddiq, may Allah be pleased with him, was the first person to accept Islam. Secondly, he was the first person to build a mosque in front of his house in Mecca. Thirdly, in support of the Holy Prophet, peace and blessings of Allah be upon him, he was the first person to fight against the Quraysh of Mecca. Fourthly, he was the first person to purchase countless slaves who had been subjected to intense persecution owing to the acceptance of Islam and then set them free. Fifth, he was the first person to compile the Holy Qur'an into a single manuscript. Sixth, he was the first person to name the Qur'an as Mus'haf. Seventh, he was the first person to be called Khalifa Rashid. Eighth, 
He was the first person to be appointed as the Amirul Hajj in the lifetime of the Holy Prophet, peace and blessings of Allah be upon him. Ninth, he was the first person to lead the Muslims in prayer during the lifetime of the Holy Prophet, peace and blessings of Allah be upon him. Tenth, he was the first person to establish the Betul Mal, treasury in Islam. Eleventh, he was the first Khalifa for whom the Muslims fixed an allowance. Twelfth, he was the first Khalifa who nominated the next Khalifa after him. Hazrat Umar, may Allah be pleased with him, was nominated by Hazrat Abu Bakr, may Allah be pleased with him. Thirteenth, he was the first Khalifa who at the time of when his birth took place, his father Abu Kuhafa, may Allah be pleased with him, was still alive. Fourteenth, he was the first person in Islam who the Holy Prophet, peace and blessings of Allah be upon him, granted a title. Fifteenth, he was the first person whose four generations had the honour of being companions. His father, Hazrat Abu Kuhafa, may Allah be pleased with him, was a companion. Hazrat Abu Bakr, may Allah be pleased with him himself. His son, Abdul Rahman bin Abi Bakr, may Allah be pleased with him. And his grandson, Hazrat Muhammad bin Abdul Rahman bin Abi Bakr, may Allah be pleased with him. They were all companions. In relation to the qualities of Hazrat Abu Bakr, may Allah be pleased with him. It has been narrated by Hazrat Aisha, may Allah be pleased with her. With regards to his blessed countenance, that she once saw an Arab man who was walking on foot and at the time Hazrat Aisha may Allah be pleased with her was sitting in her camel litter. Hazrat Aisha may Allah be pleased with her stated, I have never seen anyone resemble Hazrat Abu Bakr may Allah be pleased with him more than this person. The narrator states that they inquired from Hazrat Aisha may Allah be pleased with her if she could describe the appearance of the Hazrat Abu Bakr Siddiq may Allah be pleased with him to them. Upon this, Hazrat Aisha may Allah be pleased with her stated, Hazrat Abu Bakr Siddiq may Allah be pleased with him had a fair complexion and was of a thin build. He had very slender cheeks and his back was slightly curved forward, as a result of which his outer garment would slip down from his back. He had a slender face and deep set eyes and he had a prominent forehead. Ibn Sirin states, that he asked Hazrat Anas bin Malik, may Allah be pleased with him, whether Hazrat Abu Bakr, may Allah be pleased with him, dyed his hair, to which he replied in the affirmative, and stated that he applied mandi and katam on his hair and beard. Katam is the name of a plant. In relation to his piety and righteousness, it is written that the Holy Prophet, peace and blessings of Allah be upon him, granted some land has Rabi'ah bin Jafar, may Allah be pleased with him, and Hazrat Abu Bakr, may Allah be pleased with him. However, they had a dispute over a tree, and during the course of the argument, Hazrat Abu Bakr, may Allah be pleased with him, said, said something to him in a rather stern manner. Later, Hazrat Abu Bakr, may Allah be pleased with him, became remorseful over it and said to Hazrat Rabia, may Allah be pleased with him, to also say something in a similar manner so that it could serve as retribution. In other words, to say something just as Hazrat Abu Bakr, may Allah be pleased with him, had said to him. But Hazrat Rabia, may Allah be pleased with him, refused. Following this, they both went before the Holy Prophet, peace and blessings of Allah be upon him, and related the entire incident to him. Upon this, the Holy Prophet, peace and blessings of Allah be upon him, stated, Do not say something in a stern tone. Rather, offer the prayer. Ghafar Allahu laka ya Abu Bakr. O Abu Bakr, may Allah forgive you. This is exactly what he did. When Hazrat Abu Bakr, may Allah be pleased with him, heard this, 
it had such a deep impact upon him that he returned whilst crying profusely. In another narration, Hazrat Abu Bakr, may Allah be pleased with him, saw a bird sitting on a tree. And he said, O bird, glad tidings are given to you. By Allah, I desire to be like you. You are sat upon a tree and eat the fruits and then fly away. You will neither be held accountable nor punished for your actions. By Allah, I wish that I was a tree on one side of a path. And a camel would pass by and take hold of me and put me in its mouth and chew me up and then quickly swallow me down. Thereafter, it expel me from itself in the form of a dropping. I wish I was not a human. Whilst commenting on the verse 41 of Surah An-Naba, that is, وَيُكُولُ الْكَافِرُ يَا لَيْتَنِي كُنْتُ تُرَابًا That is, and the disbeliever will say, Would that I were mere dust. As a Muslim, may Allah be pleased with him, states, Certain Muslims have gone to such extreme lengths in their malice towards the companions that they claim that since Hazrat Abu Bakr, may Allah be pleased with him, used to repeat these words, hence it proves that he was a disbeliever. In other words, he would recite, وَيُكُولُ الْكَافِرُ يَا لَيْتَنِي كُنْتُ تُرَابًا And the disbelievers would say, Would that I were mere dust. And because Hazrat Abu Bakr, may Allah be pleased with him, used to recite this, which was a statement attributed to disbelievers, therefore they claimed that he was a disbeliever, God forbid. As a Muslim, may Allah be pleased with him, states, Even if this narration is proven to be authentic, and this verse relates to Hazrat Abu Bakr, may Allah be pleased with him, then according to the high level of faith possessed by Hazrat Abu Bakr, may Allah be pleased with him, its meaning would be that Hazrat Abu Bakr, may Allah be pleased with him, who rejected what the disbelievers stated, he would say, I wish that God Almighty treated in such a manner whereby he would neither reward me for my good deeds nor punish me for my errors. These words, in fact, are an expression of a perfect believer. It is recorded in the Ahadith with regards to the Holy Prophet, peace and blessings of Allah be upon him, himself, that he would say, I will not be forgiven owing to my good deeds, rather it would be owing to the grace of Allah the Almighty. The word kafir, a disbeliever, has been used ironically here, and it means that people claim that he is a kafir, yet he was the one who would stand the closest to the Holy Prophet, peace and blessings of Allah be upon him during the battles. He is the one who sacrificed all his wealth for the sake of the Holy Prophet, peace and blessings of Allah be upon him. He gave his 11-year-old daughter's hand in marriage to the Holy Prophet, peace and blessings of Allah be upon him, who at the time was 54 or 55. He was the one who accompanied the Holy Prophet, peace and blessings of Allah be upon him, during his migration, and the Holy Prophet, peace and blessings of Allah be upon him, chose him alone for this task in the face of opposition from the whole of Makkah. Thus, the Holy Quran has used this word kafir in an ironic manner, and that is if the verse is related to Hazrat Abu Bakr, may Allah be pleased with him. This word has been used as an irony. The one who offered all these sacrifices is labelled as a kafir, and yet those who have not done a single deed that can even come close to his deeds consider themselves to be believers. When the time of his demise drew near, Hazrat Abu Bakr, may Allah be pleased with him, stated to Hazrat Aisha, may Allah be pleased with her, O oh my daughter, do you know that amongst all the people that you are the most beloved and dear to me, I gifted you a particular piece of land of mine. However, had you taken it in your possession and profited from its gains, then indeed it would have been solely yours. But now all my heirs have a right to it. Thus I desire that you return it to me, i.e. return the gift, because you did not take it into your possession. 
and I continue to use it in my lifetime. Therefore, I would like it to be distributed amongst my progeny according to the Book of Allah, the Sharia, and I wish to meet my Lord in a state whereby I did not show preference to any child of mine over another. Upon this, Hazrat Aisha, may Allah be pleased with her, stated that his instructions would be fulfilled to the letter. The following incident which I am about to relate has been mentioned once before as well, but I shall mention it again with reference to Hazrat Abu Bakr, may Allah be pleased with his qualities. When Allah the Almighty bestowed upon him the mantle of Khilafat, Hazrat Abu Bakr, may Allah be pleased with him, he used to be a clothes merchant, placed some sheets of cloth on his shoulder the next day and headed to the marketplace as per his routine. Along the way, he met Hazrat Umar, may Allah be pleased with him, and Hazrat Abu Ubaidah, may Allah be pleased with him. They submitted, O Khalifa of the Messenger, peace and blessings of Allah be upon him, where are you going? Hazrat Abu Bakr, may Allah be pleased with him, replied that he was going to the marketplace. They submitted, you are the leader of the Muslims, please return and we shall fix an allowance for you. There is no need for you to sell clothes. With regards to the details of his allowance, Allama ibn Saad has mentioned that Hazrat Abu Bakr, may Allah be pleased with him, would receive two garments and when they would become old, he would return those and get two new ones. During his travels, he would take a mount and the amount of money he received to cover the expenses of his family was the same amount he used to spend on them prior to his Khilafat. As a Muslim, may Allah be pleased with him, states, Hazrat Abu Bakr, may Allah be pleased with him, was the leader of the entire Muslim world. But what did he receive? Despite having complete control over the public funds, he, he never took any of it for himself. Although Hazrat Abu Bakr, may Allah be pleased with him, was a very successful merchant, since he had the habit that whatever wealth he received, he would immediately spend it in the way of Allah, Therefore, it so happened that upon the demise of the Holy Prophet, peace and blessings of Allah be upon him, when he became the Khalifa, he did not have any money in cash at the time. The very next day after becoming the Khalifa, Hazrat Abu Bakr, may Allah be pleased with him, took a small bag of clothes and left it in order to sell it. Hazrat Umar, may Allah be pleased with him, happened to meet him on the way and inquired what he was doing. Hazrat Abu Bakr, may Allah be pleased with him, replied that after all, he had to do something in order to eat. If he did not sell those clothes, how would he provide for himself? Hazrat Umar may Allah be pleased with him stated that this was not possible because if he spent time selling clothes, who would fulfill the responsibilities of the Khalifa? Hazrat Abu Bakr may Allah be pleased with him replied, If I do not do this, how will I survive? Hazrat Umar may Allah be pleased with him said that he should take some allowance from the Baitul Mal. Hazrat Abu Bakr may Allah be pleased with him stated that he could not bear to take anything from the Baitul Mal because he had no right over it. Hazrat Umar may Allah be pleased with him stated that when the Holy Quran has permitted that the funds of the Baitul Mal could be spent on those who served their faith, then why could he not take it? And so an allowance was fixed for Hazrat Abu Bakr, may Allah be pleased with him, from the Baitul Mal. The amount that was fixed was just sufficient enough to cover the expense for food and clothes. Ibn Abi Mulaika relates that if ever the reins of his camel got loose from his hand and fell, Hazrat Abu Bakr, may Allah be pleased with him, would make his camel sit down and then pick up the reins himself. It was said to him by those with him that why did he not instruct them to do it for him? And Hazrat Abu Bakr, may Allah be pleased with him, replied, My beloved, the Holy Prophet, peace and blessings of Allah be upon him, had instructed me to not ask anyone else to do something for me. Such was the level of caution he would take. Hazrat Muslim, may Allah be pleased with him, states, Once the Holy Prophet, peace and blessings of Allah be upon him, heard some people outside of the mosque say, What excellence does Hazrat Abu Bakr have over us? 
we also perform the same pious deeds as he performs. When the Holy Prophet, peace and blessings of Allah be upon him, heard this, he stated, O people, Abu Bakr does not have excellence over you due to his prayers or fasting. Rather, it is owing to the piety in his heart. In other words, the piety in his heart, the love for the Holy Prophet, peace and blessings of Allah be upon him, and the fear and awe of Allah the Almighty in his heart was of such a high standard that he had excellence over them. And this was not just merely a condition of his heart, rather his deeds were in accordance with this as well. Whilst explaining the commentary of a Quranic verse, the Promised Messiah, peace be upon him, has mentioned the status and rank of Hazrat Abu Bakr, may Allah be pleased with him, as follows. Allah the Almighty has stated in this verse that you should continue to worship until you attain the stage of perfect conviction, whereby all the barriers and veils of darkness are removed, and one believes that his condition is no longer like that of before. Rather, it is as if there is a new country, a new land, and a new sky, and he himself has also become like a new creation. This new life is what the Sufis refer to as Baqa. When a person attains this level, then Allah the Almighty breathes into him of his spirit, and the angels do then descend upon him. This is the very intricate phenomenon which the Holy Prophet, peace and blessings of Allah be upon him, mentioned in relation to Hazrat Abu Bakr, may Allah be pleased with him, that if one wants to see a corpse walking on the earth, then they should look at Abu Bakr, may Allah be pleased with him. And Abu Bakr's status was not owing to his actions, rather due to what was in his heart. Hazrat Abu Sa'id Khudri relates that the Holy Prophet, peace and blessings of Allah be upon him, once set off on a journey, and people also accompanied him. When they stopped at one place, people sat in various small groups. Hazrat Abu Sa'id Khudri further relates that he sat with Hazrat Abu Bakr, may Allah be pleased with him, and there was also a villager with them from among the Bedouin tribes. They were inside a house of a Bedouin, and the woman in the house was expecting. The villager who was with them said to the woman that if she desired to give birth to a boy, she should give him a goat. And so the woman gave him a goat. This man then recited some rhyming couplets. He read a few self-composed incantations. He then slaughtered the goat. When people sat around to eat, someone from among them told everyone about the entire incident of how that man had received the goat by telling the woman that he would pray and she would have a son. The narrator states that Hazrat Abu Bakr, may Allah be pleased with him, was also sat amongst them to eat the food. And when he looked towards him, he expressed intense dislike over this and started to put his fingers in his throat in order to bring up the food. He did not wish to eat food which had been used as a means of committing shirk. As Aisha may Allah be pleased with her relates, there was a servant of Hazrat Abu Bakr may Allah be pleased with him who would bring him his earnings. And Hazrat Abu Bakr may Allah be pleased with him would eat from his earnings. One day he brought something and Hazrat Abu Bakr may Allah be pleased with him ate from it. The servant asked, do you know what this is? Hazrat Abu Bakr may Allah be pleased with him replied, what is it? He answered, I was soothsaying to a person in the era of ignorance. And I knew very little about soothsaying, yet I still deceived him. He met me and gave something in return for this. Hence, this is what you have eaten from. He would bring gifts or come having cooked something. 
Hazrat Bakr may Allah be pleased with him, placed his hand down his throat and vomited everything he had eaten, saying, I cannot eat from this forbidden food. Hazrat Abdullah bin Umar may Allah be pleased with him relates that the Holy Prophet, peace and blessings of Allah be upon him, said, One who drags their clothes on the ground out of pride, Allah shall not look at them on the Day of Judgment. Hazrat Bakr may Allah be pleased with him said, One side of my clothes always remains loose unless I pay special attention to it. Upon this, the Holy Prophet, peace and blessings of Allah be upon him, stated, You do not do this out of arrogance. The Promised Messiah, peace be upon him, states, The Holy Prophet, peace and blessings of Allah be upon him, once said, That one whose waist sheet drags across the ground shall be in the fire. Hearing this, Hazrat Abu Bakr, may Allah be pleased with him, began to weep, for his waist sheet was such. The Holy Prophet, peace and blessings of Allah be upon him, said, You are not among them. Therefore, Intentions play a vital role and it is necessary to pay due regard to the status of others. Then there is mention of his complete obedience, love and sense of honour for the Holy Prophet, peace and blessings of Allah be upon him. One day, Hazrat Aisha, may Allah be pleased with her, was speaking really quickly in the house to the Holy Prophet, peace and blessings of Allah be upon him. When her father, i.e. Hazrat Abu Bakr, may Allah be pleased with him, entered, Seeing this state of affairs, he could not tolerate it and advanced forward to strike his daughter, saying, Is this how you speak to the Messenger of Allah? Seeing this, the Holy Prophet, peace and blessings of Allah be upon him, came between the father and daughter and saved Hazrat Aisha, may Allah be pleased with her, from the impending punishment from Hazrat Abu Bakr, may Allah be pleased with him. When Hazrat Abu Bakr, may Allah be pleased with him, left, the Holy Prophet, peace and blessings of Allah be upon him, said in a light-hearted manner to Hazrat Aisha, may Allah be pleased with her, See how I saved you from your father today? A few days later, Hazrat Abu Bakr, may Allah be pleased with him, came once more. And Hazrat Aisha, may Allah be pleased with her, was speaking joyfully with the Holy Prophet, peace and blessings of Allah be upon him. Hazrat Abu Bakr, may Allah be pleased with him, said, You included me in your dispute. Now allow me to share in your joy too. Thereupon the Holy Prophet, peace and blessings of Allah be upon him, said, We let you share in it. Hazrat Uqba bin Harith, may Allah be pleased with him, relates, I saw Hazrat Abu Bakr, may Allah be pleased with him, whilst he was carrying Hazrat Hassan, may Allah be pleased with him, saying, May my father be sacrificed for you. You resemble the Holy Prophet, peace and blessings of Allah be upon him, not Hazrat Ali, may Allah be pleased with him. Hazrat Ali, may Allah be pleased with him, laughed after hearing this. Hazrat Abdullah bin Umar, may Allah be pleased with him, relates, When Hazrat Umar's daughter, Hazrat Hafsa, may Allah be pleased with her, became a widow, Upon the demise of her husband, Hazrat Khunais bin Hudhafa Sahmi, may Allah be pleased with him, who was a companion of the Holy Prophet, peace and blessings of Allah be upon him, who participated in the Battle of Badr, he passed away in Medina. So Hazrat Umar bin Khattab, may Allah be pleased with him, said, I met Uthman bin Affan and mentioned Hafsa to him, saying that he can marry her if he so wills. He replied, I shall deliberate on this matter. Hence, for several days he waited, before Hazrat Uthman, may Allah be pleased with him, said, I consider it appropriate that I marry not in these days. Hazrat Umar, may Allah be pleased with him, then said, I then met Hazrat Abu Bakr, may Allah be pleased with him, and told him I would marry Hafsa to him if he wished. Hazrat Abu Bakr, may Allah be pleased with him, remained silent and gave no reply. Hazrat Umar, may Allah be pleased with him, says, I became even more saddened by the response from Hazrat Abu Bakr, may Allah be pleased with him, than Hazrat Uthman's and waited further nights. Then the Holy Prophet, peace and blessings of Allah be upon him, sent his request to marry Hafsa, and I married her to him. 
Has Abu Bakr, may Allah be pleased with him, then met me and said, Perhaps you are angry with me, as I gave no reply when you mentioned Hafsa. I answered that this is true. He then said, In fact, nothing was stopping me from responding to you in relation to what you presented, aside from the fact that I came to know that the Holy Prophet, peace and blessings of Allah be upon him, desired to marry Hafsa. I am not one to disclose this intention of the Holy Prophet, peace and blessings of Allah be upon him. I to tell you that this is what the Holy Prophet wishes. This is why I remained silent or refused. If the Holy Prophet, peace and blessings of Allah be upon him, had decided against this proposal, then I would have surely accepted to marry your daughter. In a narration by Hazrat ibn Abbas, may Allah be pleased with him, in relation to the praise expressed by Hazrat Ali, may Allah be pleased with him, for Hazrat Abu Bakr, may Allah be pleased with him, he says, I was stood amongst those people after the demise of Hazrat Umar, may Allah be pleased with him, who prayed for him once he had been placed upon his bed. All of a sudden, a person came from behind, placing his elbow on my shoulder and said, May Allah have mercy on you, O Umar. I had hoped that you also be buried alongside our two companions, because I had heard the Holy Prophet, peace and blessings of Allah be upon him, say many times, I, Abu Bakr and Umar, were at such and such place, or I, Abu Bakr and Umar, did such and such, or I, Abu Bakr and Umar, then left. This is why I was hoping that you also be buried alongside our two companions. When I turned, I saw that it was Hazrat Ali bin Talib, may Allah be pleased with him. The rest shall be presented in the future, God willing. Alhamdulillah, Alhamdulillah, Nahmadu, Nasainu, Nasakhiru. ونؤمن به ونتوكل عليه ونعوذ بالله من شرور انفسنا ومن سيئات اعمالنا من يهده الله فلا مضل له ومن يضلل فلا هادي له ونشهد أن لا إله إلا الله ونشهد أن محمدًا عبده ورسوله عباد الله رحمكم الله إن الله يأمر بالعدل واللسان وإيتاء ذي القربى وَيَنْهَى عَنِ الْفَحْشَاءِ وَالْمُنْكَرِ وَالْبَغْيِ يَعِظُكُمْ لَعَلَّكُمْ تَذَكَّرُونَ اذْكُرُوا اللَّهَ يَذْكُرْكُمْ وَذُوهُ يَسْتَجِبْ لَكُمْ وَلَذِكْرُ اللَّهِ أَكْبَرُ